It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Points Podcast Network, and this is the Franchise Focus Podcast Series. The entire AFC should be in your feed if you haven't listened already. If you have listened, I hope you've taken away some actionable bites of information. I hope uh, the beat writers you were introduced to now end up on your Twitter feed or Threads feed or whatever the dominant social media app is going to be eventually. And I hope that you've filed away some of the sleepers that everybody has been given to you. So 16 teams down, and if you're listening to this, I'm kicking off the NFC East. We should be done with the Franchise Focus podcast series in just a couple of weeks. I have a bunch of them still scheduled that I haven't recorded. I have a bunch recorded that I haven't published yet. It's been an undertaking, but the AFC is done and dusted. The NFC is next. So here is the NFC East on the Franchise Focus podcast series. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus Podcast. Very special guest today as we kick off our NFC East recordings and uh, and breakdowns. It's Marcus Mosher. He's a friend of the program. He was on last year. You can find him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is the host of the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and he's also the managing editor at the Raiders Wire. But Marcus, we're talking Cowboys today. I know that's your first love and your uh, mm-hmm. first passion and probably what most people associate uh, you with. So welcome to the program. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to talk about this Cowboys team that should be pretty good on offense once again. No no doubt about it. Now, Marcus, you are, I would say most would know you um, very much from your uh, fervent Tony Pollard support throughout the years. More touches Mm -hmm. for Tony Pollard, fewer for Zeke Elliott. As it stands right now, this is Tony Pollard's backfield. Zeke Elliott is not currently on a roster, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. But what's the outlook for Tony Pollard when he is projected to be the Cowboys' lead running back? Tony Pollard to the moon. I, I just I just don't see a way that he doesn't get 300 touches this year. I mean, you look at the rest of this backfield right now. It's the corpse of Ronald Jones. It's an undrafted free agent in Malik Davis. It's Deuce Vaughn, a five foot five, 165-pound back. And that's it. It do, uh, Tony Pollard is the only proven guy in this backfield. Now he is coming off an, in, an injury, but all the expe- expectation is that he's going to be uh, perfectly fine for training camp. The Cowboys want him to be the lead back. They want to get him 20 touches a game. And I just don't see how that doesn't happen. Zeke Elliott, not currently on the Cowboys roster. We know Jerry Jones loves him some Zeke Elliott. Is there a chance Zeke's back with the Cowboys in 2023? I think it's pretty low. I, you've only really heard Jerry Jones speaking about how the Cowboys would like to have him back because I think the rest of the front office and the rest of the team not only knows that Zeke is cooked, but they also just want Tony Pollard to yeah. have his shot. Like, this is his time. He's worked so hard for it. He was the guy last year that made you know the Pro Bowl team despite not starting really any game. So, I mean, unless they have some injuries or you know something else happens, I don't see it happening right now. Uh, but you can't completely rule it out. Yeah. And so I think the Cowboys, and I think one of the things that you you kept harping on last year was they needed speed. You know, Michael Gallup coming off the injury was a, a shell of himself. Is there an, uh, 
are you more optimistic on on Michael Gallup this year? The fantasy community has tanked on him. You know he was one of the least efficient receivers in football. Is there a chance that he just wasn't 100% right? Oh, he he wasn't 100% right. You can even yeah. watch him in the practices and the warm-ups. Like, he just – he's not healthy. Like, he can't yeah. run full speed. Now, he is healthier now, but I'm still pretty pessimistic about his role in this offense because he's going to be the one running the – routes down the sideline the really difficult routes uh he doesn't really offer that much after the catch he's not really a big red zone option and then on top of that his efficiency has dropped now in three straight years since 2019 i kind of think he's just the average number three receiver who's not going to get consistent targets week in and week out so that's why they brought in Brandon Cooks. This was yes. a trade that I think a lot of people um, n- knew the Cowboys. Jerry Jones does not sit on his laurels. I will say yeah. that. Like uh, they knew the Cowboys needed some wide receivers. What's your outlook for Brandon Cooks? What kind of statistical output do you think we can see from him? I mean, just based on history, what like a thousand yards and seven touchdowns for Brandon Cooks, like for every <laughs> single team that he's on. Yeah. Uh, no, I I think he's going to be a really solid addition. Like his impact already in OTAs and mini camps has been unbelievable making plays down the field uh this is really the first time in brandon cook's career that he's not the number one or like the one b receiver on a team like he is fully entrenched as the number two receiver he's embracing it he's going to see an ungodly amount of single coverage in this offense I don't know what the targets are going to look like week to week but i can expect him to be very very efficient with dak prescott so let's let's take a, a macro view of the offense now. Obviously, Kellen Moore moves on, and you're well aware that in the Kellen Moore Dak Prescott era, in the, their marriage had been at least on paper successful. Only the Kansas City Chiefs more yards and more points scored uh, since Kellen Moore had become the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. We know about the playoff stallouts. What are you expecting is going to look different about this offense with uh, Mark, Mike McCarthy calling the plays and Brian Schottenheimer drawing it up? So let, let's first start with this. I think the loss of Kellen Moore is a, a pretty significant one. I know there's been some Cowboy fans wanting to minimize it, but you you mentioned it. Like anytime Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore were on the field, they averaged about 30 points a game. That's really, really hard to do, despite you know having a lot of injuries on the offensive line, lackluster receivers. Like they were very productive together. Mike McCarthy talks about wanting to run the ball more, and Brian Schottenheimer is known for his running game. I don't really believe it. Uh, You look at Mike McCarthy's history. He likes to throw the ball. He likes to throw it a lot. My concern is, does the offense get a little stale? Is it too vanilla? Because that was the kind of the complaint in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy. Not enough imagination. Uh, But I I expect this to be a team that passes the ball pretty frequently. Don't expect them just to be 50-50 run split like Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are talking, you know, to the media right now in May and June. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys, you, you mentioned lackluster receivers. I think depth had been maybe a problem for them. They took Jalen Tolbert in the third round last year. And, I mean, that, that this was a guy who was getting drafted in the middle rounds, not, oh, yeah. not just of dynasty drafts. He was a guy getting drafted in the middle rounds of underdog best ball drafts. I mean, he was a guy going in like 10th, 11th round. We saw virtually nothing from him. What happened with him? Is there a chance that there's a second-year leap coming for Jalen Tolbert? Oh, I think there's a chance that he he makes the leap because he only caught two patch, two cast, uh, passes last year. Like him just getting to 15 receptions would be a big breakout year for him. But the Cowboys put too much yeah. on his plate last year. They wanted him to learn all three rec- receiver positions. They wanted him to come in and play right away. And coming from South Alabama, 
He just wasn't ready for it. Like it was just too fast for him. Now that he's got a full year in the NFL, he feels more comfortable. He knows this offense, but he's buried on the depth chart. Like at best, at the very best, he's the number four receiver in this offense on an offense. that's going to use, you know, multiple tight end sets, multiple backs in the backfield at times. I think he could have a better year, but not be fantasy relevant at all. Uh, would the Cowboys, in your opinion, have taken Dalton Kincaid if the Bills didn't jump them in the first round of the draft? No, I don't think they would have. I, I know that was the rumor that they really liked Dalton Kincaid, but they seem pretty set on either Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan, who they drafted, mm-hmm. or Matthew Bergeron, a guard uh, from Syracuse. There's a great video of that, by the way, if you haven't yes. seen it, them debating in the war room. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get the sense that they were all that interested in grabbing a tight end in round one. They, I think they did want somebody like Michael Mayer or Luke Musgrave in round two. They didn't have, ended up happening. They took Luke Schoonemaker instead. But no, I don't think Dalton Cape was a realistic option for them at all. So Schoonemaker um, was a pick. I think that was one of those picks where like, you know, everybody says, oh, that sounds like a reach. Oh, I wasn't thinking of him in I round said the two. Same thing. Yeah. Well, so what did you think of Schoonemaker and, and, his, um, and his outlook? I mean, the profile looks really good, right? It's a six foot five, 250 pound tight end that tested as like a 98th percentile athlete. The problem is there's really no receiving production, which I can live with. We've seen plenty of tight ends come out of college with very little, you know, to no receiving production like George Kittle and be successful. But my biggest issue was the injuries. He's going to be a 25 year old rookie because he's missed a bunch of time in Michigan. And in his first OTA practice, he hurts his foot and then he hurts his knee and then he's got a hamstring injury and the Cowboys say he's going to be fine for training camp, but he couldn't even get through OTA practices without getting nicked up. So that's why I think he's going to be kind of a complimentary player, somebody who plays you know, 15 to 20 snaps a game. I don't expect him to have a big impact as a rookie. Let's go to the other uh, rookie skill position player they took. Right, like they took uh, they took a wide receiver in the seventh round, but Deuce Vaughn kind of got a lot of a lot of pressed because his dad works on the Cowboys yep. scouting staff I mean this is a this is a, in my opinion a five to seven kind of touch kind of guy did you like his profile though when uh when you were studying him at Kansas State I mean not really he's a five foot five running back that yeah. runs in like the four you know four fives but there is there's a role for that guy in this team we, we've seen similar type of players have success in the NFL and I think the Cowboys just felt like they needed a little bit more juice on offense with Malik Davis not really having that. Ronald Jones balking up to 230. That's not that intriguing. They just needed somebody else they feel like could create some plays out of the passing game. And I think Deuce Vaughn can can do that for him or for, for them, assuming he makes the roster. I don't think he's a lot to make the roster, though, Joe. I think mm. he's going to be battling for that third running back job. And if it's not Deuce Vaughn and it's not Ronald Jones, and it's not Malik Davis, that's when I expect the Cowboys to go out and sign somebody else. What What is Dak Prescott at this stage in his career? He's going to turn 30 in July, which is not old for a quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But we know the injury has kind of sapped him of some of that that mobility. And really, that wasn't his game anyway. He's a pocket passer. Um, have we seen kind of Dak Prescott's ceiling? And is that why they, they're focused on building up the team around him? Yeah, we probably have. I just think as general NFL fans, we struggle to kind of appreciate the quarterbacks that are like outside of the top six or seven like we love Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen but those guys that are like yeah. at the bottom you know like 9 10 11 
we wish they were better or we wish they were worse so they could move on for them, right? That that's kind of where Dak Prescott really is. Point. And I think if you surround him with a lot of talent and a good offensive line and a good defense, you can go really far in the playoffs. And that's why the Cowboys have such a good record when Dak is under center, because he is still a very, very good quarterback. It's just is he one of those guys that really moves the needle like a Josh Allen or Herbert or Mahomes? Probably not. But I think he is better than obviously Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. I, I think he's better than Kirk Cousins, but he's just he's in that weird yeah. range of NFL quarterbacks. What happened with the turnovers, do you think? Some of it's just fluke, right? And I think he had a couple that bounced off Noah Brown's chest into the arms of the defender, one that hit Peyton and had her shot, you know, in the shoulder, and that turned into an interception. I also think he was pressing a little bit. We talked about the lack of talent around him. Like Michael Gallup wasn't creating separation. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was their only target. They had rookies in there. They had undrafted rookies, you know, free agents playing. And I think he likes to be aggressive on third and 10. And you look at like of his 15 interceptions, 12 happened when it was mm. third and 10 or longer. He's just not going to be a quarterback that on third and 10, third and 11 is going to dunk the ball underneath and settle for a punt. He wants to be aggressive. He wants to move the the Sam Bradford. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I could live with. Like if you have a quarterback that he understands, we need to go get points. We need to continue this drive. And uh, Hey, every once in a while, you're going to throw an interception. It's fine. I think we just overreact to interceptions a little bit too much. Um, you mentioned that Matthew Bergeron was in consideration for the Cowboys with their first round pick. He ended up going early on day two to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely some first round buzz for him. Indications that the Cowboys and look that the Cowboys do it. The Eagles do it. Investing on the offensive line. It doesn't matter if you have the best line in the league. You always want to get more depth. Um, Cowboys didn't end up addressing the line, though, until the fifth round. Um, with with a Seam Richards, does that concern you a little bit, knowing that some of the guys are getting older up there, up front there? A little bit, but they do have some depth, right? They they brought back Tyron Smith, who played right tackle for them last year. I expect him to start the year at left tackle. They drafted Tyler Smith in the first round last year, and he played extremely well. Yeah. I expect him to play left guard. Terrence Steele, uh, their right tackle, was playing at an All Pro level. Uh, you know, early in the year, he should be back. It's an offensive line with some question marks, but at least they have some numbers that they can kind of throw at the position. I don't think it's going to be an elite unit by any means, but it's certainly going to be better than average. Um, and defensively for the Cowboys, um, uh, one of the things we have, I don't talk a ton of defense on this program. Usually it's all offense, but the Cowboys sacks turnovers that translates to fantasy points they managed to uh they managed to get dan quinn um who got a ton of and justifiably so a ton of head coaching hype managed to get him back in the fold um i i would guess you'd be disappointed if this wasn't a top five defense in the nfl yeah and if there's one reason why i might be a little bit not likely to draft some players at their adp on the cowboys offense like cd lamb like tony pollard like dak is because of this defense i think this defense is going to be awesome You've got Micah Parsons going into year three. They've got their defensive line is absolutely loaded. They added Stephon Gilmore to play opposite of Trayvon Diggs. They've got three safeties last year that played over 800 snaps. They brought back Leighton Vander Esch. They, they continue to add players in free agency on that side of the ball. They should be in contention for the number one defense in the league with arguably the best defensive coordinator in the league in Dan Quinn. They're going to really shut some teams down this year. So uh, let's talk C.D. Lamb because we haven't mentioned him yet, um, at, at least specifically. Um, he is a, he, ha- he has 
he's carrying a first round ADP. There is more competition for targets. You said you think Tony Pollard's going to push for 300 touches, which which isn't going to cut into CD Lamb because Zeke no. Elliott, as of now, is gone. But Brandon Cooks is back, and Michael Gallup's a year healthier. You said maybe a little hesitant to draft somebody like CD Lamb at ADP. Nonetheless, I, I mean, the NFL's target leader is, I would guess, in his range of outcomes this year. Oh yeah, and let's be real. He's being drafted what like. 10 11 10, overall 10, so the, basically at the cusp, turn. right yeah right so i mean if you're getting him at 12 rather than 10 that's a fine pick we're talking about like the difference in one or two spots but i i just don't know how much more targets he could get this year i mean he already had 150 last year but it's the efficiency that could go up and for me it's the touchdowns like he was so far below expectation when it came to touchdowns only scored i think seven last year that's how he could outperform his ADP if all of a sudden he's at 14 touchdowns because he's getting a couple more red zone looks or he's able to take some of these 20-yard gains into 40-yard gains and turn them into touchdowns. That's how I think C.D. Lamb gets better. But I think you know, 1,300 yards, 100-plus catches is very, very realistic for him again this year. Do you expect him to run the majority of his routes out of the slot this year? Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the Cowboys are – they know where their bread is buttered here. Like, just mm-hmm. let him work out of the slot. Let him work against linebackers and safeties, and he's going to absolutely crush it. Yeah, like, I, I think people have gotten over um, the slot receiver label. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it doesn't matter if you gain 10 yards out of the slot or 10 yards out wide. They count all the same. It's, it's the mean, same, right? And yeah. I, it also helps CD avoid some of that, you know, press man coverage. And it allows them to get some really favorable uh, mismatches. And now with Brandon Cooks, being able to play on the outside, it makes even more sense to keep CD Lamb in the slot. So, Marcus, I've been wrapping up the Franchise Focus podcast by asking my guests um, an underrated player on the the roster who could contribute for fantasy. Who do you think that is for the Cowboys? I think it's going to be Jake Ferguson. So we talked about Luke Schoonmaker, who <laughs> can't stay healthy at all, but I think he's going to be more of that blocking tight end. Peyton Hendershot, an undrafted free agent, not ready for a bigger role. Ferguson was the guy last year. Whenever he got opportunities, he impressed. And we know that Dak Prescott loves throwing the ball to the tight ends, especially in the red zone. I could see Ferguson without, you know, doing too much, being a 650-yard receiver, seven or eight touchdowns. He's been the guy pretty clearly in training camp, and or excuse me, in OTAs and minicamps that has been the tight end one. We know in this offense, there's going to, it's going to be very efficient. There's going to be lots of points scored. He's the guy that I'm targeting, especially considering you can get him basically for free right now in your drafts. Yes, he can. Yeah, he's a last-round pick. He's a guy Graham Barfield has been stacking a ton with Dak Prescott. His name is Marcus Mosher. If you want to stack your analysis, he's got Cowboys and Raiders on lockdown at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Marcus is a friend of the radio program, and it was a pleasure to have him back on. Marcus, thanks for joining me talking Cowboys. Thanks, Joe. Anytime. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.